G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and ones that are going to bring you value to your draft Keeper League team. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going, mate? Good half yourself. Yeah, not too bad. You're studying your remedy kombucha there, mate. What's the uh, what's the uh, go? Have we had cherry plum yet? We've had it like three times, three weeks in a row now, I reckon. Okay. Oh, mate, maybe I'm getting confused with wild berry, actually. Wild berry. I don't think I've had cherry plum. Yeah, I think we had cherry plum week one of the year. It's definitely been open for all that box, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, good. It's it good. is a good flavor. Um, yeah, so okay, so, uh, interesting. I got a message mm. from you today saying yep. um, uh, we usually start at eight pm. The stream starts. And you got a mm-hmm. message. Can we can we start at seven thirty tonight? Just get a bit uh, earlier because we're not streaming tonight. And yeah. I was like, yeah, no worries, mate. It's uh, seven fifty, and you've just rocked up mm-hmm. now. I just looked on social media before. I was mm-hmm. bored sitting here waiting for you to turn up. And um, I saw it was your dog's birthday. It is. So, are you actually late because you were celebrating your dog's first birthday? No, no. Oh. It is Shani's first birthday. And obviously, uh, more importantly, it's Ben Keyes' birthday today. So What a coincidence. Oh, the two greatest loves in my life. <laughs> Can't ben Keyes and my dog Shani. It's so, um, actually a good name for a dog, Keyes. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, no, it's, uh, it is nine days, ten days until my wedding. So, uh, ah. we are- Frantically putting some final final touches on some bits and pieces. So um, yeah, I'm at the the mercy of my fiance at the moment. Yeah, it's a, it's a very stressful time. I know what you mean because um, like I'm still trying to work out how I'm going to watch the uh, the um, Amy series games that are on the mm-hmm. same day. I'm gonna I've got to really figure this out so I don't get told off at your wedding for staring at my phone the whole time. So uh, yeah, it's going to be difficult. I don't think there's any TVs at the venue, so you're really screwed. So maybe <laughs> no, all right, I've got their streaming pass. It's maybe about- you and Zanks can be in the corner just. Uh- what Maybe I need in the is beer like, garden. I don't know. What I need is like those um, augmented reality glasses that can just project ah, it. Ah, the, the virtual reality. Eyes. Yeah, and then no one will actually know I'm watching it. And that's genius. Yeah, that should be. Well, surely that's going to be invented. You soon. should talk to Telstra about that. Surely. Maybe I'll just invent it because I'm such a nerd. You are. That's All right. fact. Anyway, what are we doing tonight, Case? Um, we are a little bit of a best of both worlds kind of podcast tonight. We're going to go through a few of the uh, players that have caught our eye from the reports of the uh, intra-club matches over the last week in a bit. I know, um, you know, a few, you know, we've had a few snippets from Louis from, uh, our, what is that, our Keeper League correspondent now. Yep. Uh, but, you know, we'll touch on a bit of that, um, a bit of the other uh, games that went on and then kind of looking forward to see who we might be looking forward to in the, in these trial matches coming up. And what are we doing after that? And after that, we are giving the listeners what they want. So, uh, for the members of the pod, we uh, released our um, our top uh, keeper league ranks um, for each each uh, line. Um, we did a little podcast for the members, but uh, now we're going to go through our top 20 of the forwards, backs and mids, and then yep. the top 10 of the rucks. And then we're also going to combine them to uh, announce the keeper league top 20s and top 10s. So we did this over a few beers at uh, Brew Boys on the weekend, Hef. Uh, a few arguments were had. Fine establishment, yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to clarify that, um, yeah, so the members got the top 100 mm-hmm. defenders, midfielders, forwards, and top 50 rucks. Then we did a podcast. Sorry, that, uh, yeah. So then we did a podcast on all of those, or the mm-hmm. top 50s for all of those. And then now the non-members tonight, you're getting our mm-hmm. top 20s. So, yep. if you want the full rankings that will be talked about after, you can sign up as a member and get those. And just so the members know that they're not getting ripped off by releasing them. <laughs> no, and if you know, if you're going deep in a keeper leg this year, you do want those top 100 because yeah. you do need to go deep. You need to go like the top 20s and like the top 20s and stuff are great for startup keeper leagues. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if you're drafting, you know, your second year, third year, or you know, topping up for the for how many years you've been going, 
you want our deep rankings so oh, you know yeah. all the players that we're looking at uh, deep into the pool. So, yep. anyways, we'll get started by looking at the intra club match stuff. And first up, I'm going to go straight off the bat here, and I'm going to cut to a phone conversation I had with uh, another Keeper League correspondent, Zanks. Uh, on he watched the Crows game very closely on the weekend, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll have a listen to a, a few points that he made, and then the full conversation is available for members. Also, I feel like we're just only doing member stuff tonight, but anyway, have a listen to uh, my chat with Zanks, and uh, yeah, here's a snippet now. All right, so while we're talking about blue teams and red teams, Jackson Haitley, I heard he was on the red team. So what does, what does that mean? Does that mean he's not in the best 22? I've heard mixed reports about his game. Some people saying he played awesome. Some people played it was some people saying it was played so-so. How did you rate his game and what do you think it means for him playing on the red side? He, he was definitely a standout for the for the red team. Um, for him to say, for people to say that he's not best 22, it's probably not correct. I reckon he's definitely that fourth. Um, fourth in that rotation through the midfield and we all know that it's not just going to be the three main guys in there so he's definitely going to get a go. Um, he might just mean he comes off the bench but he's definitely going to have a huge say in those rotations. He had around about 20 disposals um, and had I think it was about six tackles as well so he was applying tackling pressure all over the ground. It was also great to see him play up against what you would consider the, the top string of Crows midfielders um, would have been really easy for him to play in the blue team and effectively be like playing um, in the NEFL again where he's only really playing substandard midfielders, but it was good to see him go up against the, 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 the top midfielders the Crows have. Yeah, I think that was probably strategic just to give him a good run and see like if he could hold his own against some of the uh, better quality midfielders. So I think that was a smart decision by the Crows and it gave us a, a good look at him as well. Um, why you, I, noticed you, I know you just said, Jackson Hatley, you think he'll be that kind of fourth in line. So where does that place Harry Schoenberg? So a lot of people are expecting him to move into the midfield this year. Uh, I heard he had a pretty quiet game, um, maybe worked into it a bit later on. I didn't see the end of the game. But uh, how did you rate Harry Schoenberg's game? What do you think his role is going to be? And more importantly, do you see him being a fantasy score? this year? It's going to be interesting. He de- definitely got the ball more in the forward line, especially in that first half. But as the, the rotations of the Crouches and the Laird sort of dissipated from that blue midfield, he definitely started to roll through there. Um, he was used a lot through the, the midfield of ground, almost playing like a centerman rather than a um, traditional rover. Um, I think he's still going to score pretty well, um, just given... They're looking to pour more and more minutes into them to, to help him progress as quickly as possible. Um, just hopefully he spends more time actually revolving on the ball rather than necessarily sitting up forward. Okay. Well, that's uh, positive signs, I guess. Uh, from some of the Twitter feedback was that he uh, couldn't get near the thing and he had a disaster of a game, but you have a different outlook on that and uh, you know, you're a bit more lenient on him there. Yeah. He, he, he definitely built into the game. Was he the, the, the bullocking forward someone like a peddler was? No, but probably also he was in the better of the, the two sides, which means he's more likely probably to be a, a best 22 starter. Um, but it just means he might not necessarily get that 80% mid-time um, simply because the Crows are looking to push Laird, Laird Sloan and um, Case's boy Ben Keys through that area. Um, all right, the last question, probably the most important question of all. How did our boy Ben Keys go? He was really good. He he did a huge amount of bullocking work um, around the grounds. Uh, he, 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 he's got enough AFL football into him to, to know where he has to put his body, um, which I think will help the likes of the Sloan and the likes of the Laird. Um, so if you have them in your Keeper League teams, I think – 
Ben Keys being in the side will actually help those two other players as well. Um, but he was he was good. He his ability to to win the ball, his hands looked a lot quicker um, as well. Being able to to shoot the ball out to the runners was great. Um, and it, it's great that you've been able to finally get off the the bandwagon of the hate train and, and really get on board because um, it's about time. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, he did look good. Uh, from what I saw, I saw the uh, the second quarter and the third quarter, and uh, he looked like he was hitting the contest super hard. But what I noticed was he just seemed like a bit more of a leader out there. Um, he wasn't one of the one of the kids. He seemed like one of the uh, more mature players out there, and looked like he was directing a bit of traffic and things like that. So uh, that and was really at good. At the end to of see. the day, it was an internal trial, so the, the the chance for them to effectively, you know, almost not stop the game, but to to have that that direction and, and coaching on the field, I think it was really good for him and it's, it's only going to help him continue to get games, not just this year, but moving forward after that. Thanks to Zanks for that. Now, I'm loving that he was talking up my boy, the birthday man, Ben Keys, in for a big season. I like this. And Haley was playing in the two. So, is it going to be uh, actually Keys season once again? No, well, we talked about in the conversation, Keys, if you're listening, but uh, we thought that he was um, more so, you know, playing getting experience against good midfielders because he hasn't had it for a while. But the key stuff is interesting. Like I said to Zanks um, just at the end there, like he actually looked like a real leader out there. It didn't look like he was a number filler anymore. And I don't know whether that's just my, my opinions have changed now that he's come on the podcast. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure there might be some kind of recency bias Definitely. There. But uh, yeah, no, he did actually look really good, Case. So you should be excited. I was just having selective hearing where all I heard was that <laughs> Ben Keyes is better than Jackson Haley. So yeah, we can go with that. All right. So talking about uh, intra-club games, your mm-hmm. mob Essendon had a game. Oh, it was probably... 12 days ago now, mm-hmm. but uh, we haven't really had a chance to talk about them yet because we've had no. too much other stuff on the podcast. So, yeah. do you want to run us through a few players that kind of stood out in those matches? I suppose, yeah, a few of the keeper leg relevant guys. Um, you know, Darson Heppel was well back on the pod after his, you know, injury rav- uh, ravaged season last year. So, good to see him fit and flying off the halfback flank. I think there was another quote out this week that was basically saying that he's going to play halfback this year. That's where they've kind of settled him. So, um, you know, Probably one to keep in mind if you are starting up a league or, you know, do need a defender potentially. Uh, he could be a DPP ad. I don't necessarily like drafting purely for the addition of DPP, but it is good to see Heppel fit because uh, at his best, he's 100 plus mid, um, you know, 28, 29. So he's still got some good years left. So, um, you know, don't write him off even after his injury issues the last few years. The other one who was playing through that back line, which is uh, very interesting, is Nick Hind. Now, he was the guy, I think we talked about him in the, in the preview pod for the Dons where just not really sure where he was going to fit. And if he did get that halfback role, which he looks like he's going to get, um, he could be a very good ad late in drafts because he's got forward status this year. We do know that forwards are tough to uh, find a good one. And, you know, you do tend to find a lot more consistent pill off that halfback line. So, Hine might be one to look at there. Uh, your boy, oh, Jai Caldwell. So devastated I'm not streaming because I'm smashing this button and nothing's working. Thank God. Um, <laughs> basically, the flame emoji for him, he was on fire. Um does have that forward mid DPP, but um, from what we've seen in that small snippet of the intra-club game, looks like he'll be a mid only next year. So, potentially one to draft with caution if you're looking in the future, but for this year, it does look like he's got a big year ahead. I just want to actually, a little plug here as well, mm-hmm. one I spoke about in my afl.com.au article that mm-hmm. came out today, Kays, that, uh, yes. yeah, just watch out drafting guys like this that will lose forward status uh, in the future. So. Classic Hollywood to sneak <laughs> in a uh, plug for the AFL website. And lastly for the Dons, uh, Nick Cox, the first year draftee, uh, dominated on the wing. So, he was a tall guy that they've drafted, um, you know, I thought he'd probably be playing that defensive post, potentially now that Hurley's uh, injured and, you know, uh, recovering from that infection, I suppose. 
But interestingly, they've decided to play him on a wing and use his athletic ability. So Cox might be one to look at, if you, especially if you're doing like uh, rookies like we do, Hef, or if you do go in dynasty leagues where you can keep someone under, you know, 19, 20, 21, might be one to target late because uh, if he can get on that wing and he does have that natural running ability, he might be more than your average uh, tall backman. Yeah, he's someone that kind of uh, we didn't go hard on in the um, in the draft e podcast, but the more that this preseason's kind of evolved, and I guess the state of Essendon's list a little bit as well, mm. looks like a kid like him might be blooded quite early, and he looks like he's got a bit of a fantasy game as well. I think there was that quote too that he look he's done all the preseason, yeah. um, him and Perkins, and they look like they're in line for a, you know at least to be around the mark for round one. So definitely um, have him in your sights. I'm going to talk about the Fremantle Interclub game. Now, I want to thank Footy Rhino for uh, these because he was at, actually at the game, one of the very few people actually got to go. Great man. Uh, he's probably one of my favourite people in footy media. Like, and, you know, you can't say anything. that. Warnie might be listening to this podcast. Well, it's different. He's a reporter. It's, you know, not fantasy, actual football. Okay, you know okay. I mean? okay. But, I want to break uh, it up the bromance. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like he's just such a good dude, and you know he actually like gets around this podcast to be. I know he's actually aware of us, and he's chatted to us about the pod before. So absolutely legendary bloke. So g'day to Rhino if you're listening. But anyway, uh, Heath Chapman was the kind of standout for me. So he looked like an actual serious player in this uh, game. Apparently, I didn't actually see it, but you know. Um, Sources have said. Sources have said. He's a running defender, um, so plays the right kind of role. He averaged 22 disposals and uh, 78 fantasy points at AFL, sorry, AFL fantasy points at uh, Waffle Colts level Mm -hmm. uh, last season. So, um, not someone, another one that's not as high because, you know, 78 is not huge in playing Colts, but Mm -hmm. definitely plays the right type of role. The only issue is there's probably lots of those kind of running defenders um, at Fremantle. So, I don't know whether he plays round one, but he looks like he's going to be a serious player. So, he could be a really good stash Stash for our keeper league coaches out there. David Mundy carved up, apparently. Mundy 300. Yeah, pretty much. 300 years old as well yeah. by the time he retires, but looks. But uh, look, you'd be able to get him so cheap if you're pushing for a flag this year in Cape Leagues. Like, he would be dirt cheap. You'd get him in the trade so easily. Get so, him in a draft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably. In our draft, he'd probably be there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, he's definitely one to look at if you just want to get some bolt points into your team. As long as he doesn't get injured, he should be around the mark. Um, Hayden Young, this is interesting. He was used as a, as a, in the quarterback role. Um, him and Luke Ryan were basically kind of used in opposite wings and they were really pushing the play through those players using them to distribute the ball out of defense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's, it's his second year. He didn't set the world on fire in his first year, but before he got injured, he actually looked like he was building into something. So, hopefully, he can kind of continue this year and then progress into a decent fantasy score. He's like one of those guys I like because you know he's going to be a backman again next year. You yeah. know, Freeman always said he's going to play back this year. He's starting there this year. You, you know, so, you, it's not one of those guys you go, I'll take him this year like a Caldwell where he's got a good position for fantasy, but then he's going to lose it next year. So, he's going to be a defender for the next couple of years. So, definitely one to get in on the uh, the first level of. Now, don't go off here, mm-hmm. but Connor Blakely. Who? Connor Blakely. He still play football? Well, he's having a run in the guts. <laughs> so, yes, it's a trial. But, I know they know, need numbers, but they don't. They're spread. Apparently, it was pretty good. So, I just thought I'd put that in there. Hey. And the one I'm most disappointed that they didn't play was Luke Valente. So, mm. he didn't play. But it was only due to a corky. So, fear not that you haven't heard anything coming out of the game or that you heard he didn't play. It was just a corky. Um, just bad timing. Hopefully, he's up and running uh, in the next uh, week's game uh, when he plays against West Coast in the trial. Mm. So, yeah. Speaking of West Coast, yeah, uh, a couple of guys way. that caught the eye. My boy Liam Duggan. So it's official. We talked about it. I think last week on our on our recap pod of the uh, sorry preview pod of the Eagles. He's running through the midfield. So no Elliot Yo. So he's the one you should be getting on for this year as a big big boom. And hopefully he does retain the back status if you know they get their full complement back in the midfield. He'll go back to that half back line and dominate. Surely that means it's really good news for the next guy you're going to talk about. Yeah. Well, Alex Willardin also played across half back, and he was pretty bullish about uh, you know I'll be playing in the back six this year. Yeah. So I don't. 
don't know what's being promised uh, down at West Coast, but he seems pretty confident of getting that spot. So, as we did talk about last week, you know, where does that leave someone like Jackson Nelson? Not too sure. And is with it in first team? We're also not sure. He would not have gone to that club if he wasn't guaranteed. He was getting kicked out of Brisbane. Where else he was going to go? No, he was still in contract, wasn't he? He still could have stayed. I thought they were just going to get rid of him. No, like he's definitely going there to play, I think. So, and this is a good sign. So, the And if he does play, Mm. if he does play, do you think he could be a top six defender? No, I do not. You do not. That is silliness. He's, he wasn't. He wasn't even top so six. So risky, man. Wasn't he top six last year? We'll get onto that later. We can argue <laughs> later. Uh, Flying Ryan also had a bit of a run through the midfield, which is great to see. Another guy we talked about last week as having a bit of potential if he can continue his uh, good form from last year. So good to see him starting the year hot. And Jared Branda, uh, I did give a big warning about him last week. Played in their B side, so potentially one to avoid uh, again. So just be mindful of that, listeners. All right, Kaz, you want to roll? Tell us about the Hawthorne Intra Club match. Any yes, players there? Just the two guys that piqued my interest. Mainly number one, Jarman Impey, because I am an owner and have been following him a bit. But uh, all talks, he was basically best on in that. Um, in that intra-club match and playing off the half-back line. So, another guy who's got forward status this year, um, similar to that kind of hind um, position where got the forward status, we're playing off the half-back line. We've seen Impey score really well um, before he got injured, before he got his ACL uh, off the half-back line. So, definitely keeping me in your draft plans. And uh, Dylan Moore, a guy I picked up in our podcasters league super, super late. Uh, I think he's centre forward DPP. He was one of their best players too. So keep an eye for him, especially in a, in a deeper league. Um, and yeah, one who could has proven uh, in a, the last game I reckon he played last year, scored a nine or something like that. So has shown a bit of fantasy potential. All right, we'll move on to North Melbourne. So we talked to Trent Dumont mm-hmm. earlier in the preseason. If you haven't listened to that, go back to the North Melbourne team analysis episode and uh, have a listen because there was some good uh, giveaways there. Some but um, nuggets. some of the things there, they've kind of confirmed what he was saying. Mm. Well, the main one ma- mainly was Jaden Stevenson playing yep. in the gut. So it's all over the media. Everyone knows about it. He's going to be mm. playing in the guts uh, this year. Is he one that you traded out real cheaply recently? No, nah, he was he's in my year. I reckon I drafted him in my first year and then I didn't oh, keep him. Oh, you traded him. Yeah, yeah okay. I, didn't, I didn't retain him after his ah, first year. Yeah. Um, so that's really good news. I yep. think he is going to be one of the um, most improved forwards in the competition this year. Would be a must-have in fantasy classic. F. Uh, he's cheap. Like he's not super cheap because he averaged sixty. So you've got to guarantee. You've, you know, you've got to expect him to. But he's going to average hundred this year, man. Isn't this how fantasy classic works? I right. don't really yeah. know. I still haven't. If caught all on. those mid prices just average hundred, it'd be pretty easy. But uh, yeah, look. He, he might be, but, you know, he's, he's not super – he's pretty cheap, but he's not super, super bargain basement cheap. So, in terms of fantasy, I mean, uh, keeper league or draft league, where would you be targeting someone like Stevenson? Oh. Are you worried about him losing the forward status uh, off what we've heard? Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I just, this is the thing with – we'll get to our rankings in a sec, but mm-hmm. this is the thing with these kind of players, like – You've got to draft someone still. Yeah. Like, and you've got, uh, so it's really, it's really. Because if you don't take them, you're going to take, I don't know. Yeah. Nick I got Larky him, I think I got him in a league as like an F3. Mm-hmm. So if you get him spot. then, yeah, yeah, around there, I'm, I'd be happy with that. He could Some people push, might go to an F2. He probably could push this that year. this year yeah. if he plays Especially the on the potential. Yeah, exactly. Um, Taron Thomas was in the guts as well, so that's mm. really good to see. He's listed as a forward this year. Yeah. So um, he's one with so much talent. I think he was a pick seven in the super draft, which is supposed high. to be the best draft ever yep. um, that had Walsh and everyone else in it. So, um, yeah, that's that's really good signs that he's actually having to run through the middle because he is an elite talent and it's about time they utilised him, I think. Now, mm. Kaze, you've written here on this show, Doc, yes. that you've got power... Uh, best 22. Yes. And Phillips, not best 22. Yes. Okay. So, Powell played in their best 22 side uh, and Phillips played this? in their not okay. best 22 side. Okay. Do you know? So do you know you've got a weird theory about this. Well, I, I know that there was a Port Adelaide best 22 that all the media were talking about and yeah. Charlie Dixon and Connor Rosie were in different sides. 
So maybe that maybe Rosie's glosses. And then Haley was in the red team, yes. which was the Crows' second side. Mm-hmm. But you know, he everyone's saying he's going to play round one. So I don't think we buy into these too much. They they put a, a strong side together, but then I think they want to test a few players against the better players so they can actually get a bit better run. But that said, um, Kautumi was on the traders, and I think mm. he said the opposite. I think he said Phillips, or he might actually might have said um he might have said one of them will debut. But yeah, he didn't really specify. Who was the who was the next in line? But I just thought that was interesting that uh, you think power is going to be best twenty two. I'm just going what I read off reports. Okay, so you know I just just telling the listeners the truth. Right. I don't lie. We'll I don't move lie. on. Well, uh, going to the Port uh, trial from last weekend. Now we yeah. won't go too much into this because Louis, our Keeper League correspondent, uh, had a full chat on our to our members mm-hmm. um, about this one. So if you want to have a listen to that, sign up as a member. But uh, you've got here Jones, not best twenty. I oh, know B twenty two. Yes, oh, Jones sorry, is in said, their best twenty two. Yeah, sorry, I get you. I thought you had not best twenty two. My eyes are deceiving me. I can't read too um, many. Butchers. Well, well yeah, exactly. It's frying my brain and doing my gut wonders. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I watched him last weekend. Oh, sorry, I only saw- You watched this game? I watched a quarter and a half because okay. I was looking after my one-year-old, uh, two-year-old son who doesn't really let me sit still for very long. But um, he didn't, to me, he didn't look like he was really up to standard. So, he just did silly things like he tried to, you know, take that extra step too much and just got, you know, caught, uh, fumbled the ball a lot, uh, just a few little things like that. Just didn't kind of look AFL ready. But again, listening to the traders yesterday, Kautumi came on and said that he was basically a lock for round one. So, mm. um, it's going to be interesting there. But to me, he just kind of looked like he wasn't quite at the level as everyone else was. Now, there's been so much hype about Miles Bergman. He's yep. been in the media over here. Everyone's claiming he's going to play round one. Was in the not best 22 side for Port. Yeah, but racked him up off the half back line. It was Charlie Dixon. Though. So what's your call? <laughs> so you're you're you've gone team nah. Bergman. You know, no, nah, you know, in all honesty, I don't see how he fits in the side. I just don't know how he gets in there. So many players of his type. You don't think you don't think Robbie Gray is going to come out the side. You've got up there. You're probably going to have Rosie Butters. I know a few of them are going to run through the midfield, but you got Sam Pell Pepper that runs up there as well. Um, you're going to have Fantasia up there. Like, how does he even get into that forward line? Like. I don't know. Yeah, it's, or the defense, like he was playing. Yeah, was yeah, he playing play, defense? Actually, a bit? no, he, he can play defense. Actually, yeah. So, but you got know. Burton. You've got exactly. such a strong backline like anyway. So, so bloody hard. So, yeah, it's. Um, I don't see him getting in, but when he does get in, I think he'll be ready. Yeah, to I think he's a stash for keeper yeah. legs. I think he's a definite stash. Yeah, for sure. And the last team we'll touch on is St Kilda. Now, uh, condolences, Ben Patton, my semi boy, broke his leg. Uh, was on my uh, rookie list this year. I was so stoked. Basically, a free defender. Uh, he's going back in the pool because there's no point keeping a uh, rookie to upgrade and then he won't play. So, um, such a shame because he was doing some good things. Well, you, he's, on, kind he's, of, he's on your rookie list, you say? He's my last year. I have oh, to so you've got him. to put him onto the senior list. Yeah. But that effectively means he's your last pick in the draft. But he's not going to play and then I have to retain him the year after. Oh, yeah, that makes it hard. It's, yeah, not, fair it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit of a shame he was playing some good footy and those leg breaks, that particular one that he did, is um, usually not great in terms of bouncing back quickly. So, thoughts and prayers with Benny Patton. Um, Tom Highmore is the guy who everyone has been talking about, it seems, uh, in the AFL circles over the last few days. Seems to be in their best side. Um Brett Ratton called him a Callum Wilkie clone, which I think potentially is a bit misleading. Is that a compliment? No. Well, <laughs> potentially from a football point of view, but I was like, Callum Wilkie is like a 60 averaging back. Why is everyone getting excited about him? But uh, he averaged about 70, I think, in the Sandfall last year and 100 in the Nefield the year before. So, he's a mature age player. I think he's about 22. Is he, so from, is he from Canberra? 
originally? Uh, yes, well, he played NEFA when he played yeah, for South yeah. Adelaide last year. Yeah. So he's actually got some runs on the board in uh, some senior comp sides. He's gonna he's that floating, uh, intercepting kind of halfback. So definitely one to look at for your uh, classic sides. He'll be cheap. But more importantly, I think with the hype, he's going to go a lot earlier in drafts than he probably would have. So um, just have a check into him and see where you think he sits in your side. So you think he potentially comes in for Patton? I think so. Yeah, cool. They've, that's, they've, that's they've basically kind of talked that through and yeah. he's a bit of a tall interceptor, whereas Patton was a good interceptor, but he was a bit more of a shorter kind of guy. Yeah. So he'll take that. And lastly, the guy you've written off as a fantasy prospect, Jack Higgins, was best on ground. All right, talk me through this. What position was he playing? Midfield. Okay, that's quite positive. I thought mm-hmm. he might have been, you know, just playing it forward, kick three goals, score 64 fantasy points and move on. Don't know. Yeah, but if he's playing a midfield, that's super positive. He's but, a you forward. Know, also, like, they've got to have... They can't Two play sides. all their best. They've got yes. a lot of midfielders yes. in there. so But they do have a lot of injured midfielders, so he might get a crack early on. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Well, good mm-hmm. to hear. Um, hopefully, he still gets that run through the middle like he was kind of doing at Richmond anyway. Yeah. But I suppose the, the big disclaimer for all of this, they're playing against each other, so you yeah. can't read in too much. It's just good that there's some guys finding the footy. But uh, this weekend when we get those little scratch matches against, you know, other sides, we'll hopefully get a bit more of an understanding of uh, who's playing well. Now, there's a few this week. There's a Western Bulldogs versus Hawthorne, I think, tomorrow. Bombers play Carlton tomorrow. Uh, sorry, Thursday as well. You, uh, you're you going to be watching that one on your stream? Uh, I've got the code. Can it's I have it? It's, uh, I'm home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I'll do some. I'll take some. No, notes I mean, no. I'm a staunch Essence supporter. <laughs> you cannot have it. Well, you'll be at work. So, I figured like That's I might true. as well watch it and take some notes. Dissect. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the Crows and Port are playing on Saturday morning, I think. Um, so, there's a few games around. All right. Cool. All right, Kays. It's probably time to give the people what they're waiting for. What's that? Um, I think it's the rankings. Okay. Yeah, no. we can do that. All right, Kays, it's time to get stuck into it. Uh, we've got our top 20 rankings. So what we're going to do first up, we're going to mm-hmm. have our own personal rankings. Now, keep in mind that these are now a month old, all right? And yep. we haven't done a lot of adjusting. We on, haven't changed it at all. Well, I haven't purpose, changed it at all. I've done a few tweaks, but nothing major. And we've kind of done that purposely because we thought we might have to do a podcast on this. So we thought it might be interesting to actually have a look now and then reflect on what we thought a month ago. Mm-hmm. But then also we thought it'd be make for better content to, uh, and for arguments between us if we kept it as it was. And pick apart each other's <laughs> shit so takes. Could, uh, yeah. yeah, really get around each other's shit takes and uh, make each other, you know, grill each other, put each other on the hot seat mm-hmm. and see how we go. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through our top 20 defenders, top 20 forwards, top 10 rucks, top 20 uh, midfielders. That's yep. what I missed. Um, and then at the end, we're going to do our combined rankings after that. So mm-hmm. we've actually, the ones we actually sat down and agreed upon mm-hmm. uh, top 20, 20, 10, and mm-hmm. 20. All right. Kays, let's read out your top uh, 10 defenders first up. Top 10 defenders for me. Oh, I started with Lockie Whitfield, Jake Lloyd, Rory Laird, Tom Stewart, Zach Williams, Dan Houston, Jack Crisp, Braden Maynard, Sam Doherty, and Callum Mills. Now, I think they're, they're fine picks. Um, I'd be happy if I got any of those as my first defender. Like, no mm-hmm. one would argue with any of those. Thank you. The big question for me is why have you gone Whitfield over Lloyd? With the injury, obviously, that was probably before the injury. That was before the injury. Happened. Yep. Um, would you change that now? Uh, I'd be happy with to put Jake Lloyd at one. That's no dramas with me. I think, uh, Jake, obviously, Jake Lloyd is going to be a defender for life. And obviously, Whitfield has floated between being well, that was my issue with a your forward Whitfield and back. Number yeah. one pick. My thing is, I just feel Whitfield can go a bit more ham, 
regularly. And you don't really care if he's a forward or defender, really. No. You're happy with either. Um, if he, as he has been in the um, podcasters league, he floats through and back and whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got no issues uh, swapping that for Jake Lloyd if I need to. But uh, apart from that, I'm pretty pretty happy with my uh, my top 10. Just looking at Zach Williams um, from mm-hmm. the Carlton, I think Carlton had an inter-club, but we didn't actually talk about that one, so we probably yeah. should have. But anyway, you can read about that on the AFL website. <laughs> but he was um, playing forward. He was playing forward there, mm. so that was interesting. And 50-50 split in the midfield, so he wasn't mm. going to get that midfield time by the looks either. So on, on reflection, you might want to think about that one when we do an adjustment, but yeah. Yes, potentially, potentially. Anyways, uh, I'll read out my top 10 and then we'll get on to our Oh, bring it on. All right, uh, number one for me, Jake Lloyd. Number two, Lockie Whitfield. Three, Rory Laird. Four, Jack Crisp. Five, Jordan Ridley. Six, Luke McDonald. Seven, Jaden Short. Eight, Alex Witherden. Nine, Sam Doherty. And 10, Tom Stewart. Well, 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 Heffy. Uh, well, firstly, I've got no issues Jordan Ridley being in there, but number five, geez, that's t- high for a guy who's had one good year of football. I'll explain this. So, my theory is there is literally no other person in that Essendon back line. Dyson that Apple. Be used. Oh, that's probably why they want to put him back there, but they might need to lean on him in the midfield still. It's still no guarantee he's going to play in defence. Mm. He's going to be their number one distributor out of defence. So, And he's, what, 23? No, he's younger than that. 22? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be around forever and he's going to be awesome. So, I'm at 17 for reference. So I just think it's a bit high. I've got no issues if he was, you know, 10 or 11. Oh, or I do like love Keeper League hype. So, yeah. You do. <laughs> now, Luke McDonald at six oh, is a this. big, big lull yeah. for me. He's had one good season after years of just letting coaches down. Come on, mate. I've one good year does not make a swallow. Whatever it is, one swallow does not make a summer. <laughs> one good year doesn't make a swallow. No, it definitely uh, doesn't. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, all right, I'm gonna, I've got some good rebuttals for this. All right, so in the last 10 uh, rounds of the season, mm. now, okay, I, I'm, I'm kind of bringing this up because I know that North Melbourne played a lot of Saturday afternoons where I knew you were you were running uh, you were running messages for the correct, helping out the so cunt, you, you helping out local football. You probably didn't watch him very often. Heart and soul, so, heart and soul um, of the community. Yeah, I'm just saying. So you probably didn't watch him very often. So I'm thinking you're going on a bit of gut feel over this one more than anything. Now, in the last 10 rounds. Who were the top uh, three defenders in the competition over the last 10 rounds in terms of averages? Jake Lloyd. Yep. Uh, Callum Mills. Nope. Yeah, I'm out then. Whitfield. Mm. Number three mm. was Luke McDonald. All right, so now over the last five rounds, I think he came in at the fourth. I think there was someone jumped ahead of him in there. I can't just remember who it was. Maybe Basher Hooley uh, had a good end of the year. I can't remember who it was. No, it probably wasn't. But anyway, he was in the top five, right? Now- for me, watching him last year, and I watched him very, very closely, mm. he had the most perfect fantasy-friendly role. Dist- uh, kickouts, main distributor, defense, not manning up once. Why would this change? You know, let's, let's use, let's just, just hold on, just give us some like your fantasy analysis, and you are watching the game. Yes. Why would this role suddenly change after he's one of the best and fairest playing this role? And apart from the coach, new coach, new coach. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Aiden Core. Oh yeah, okay. Always kick out, been yeah, okay. Kickout specialist at GWS. Even though who we've had Trent Demond saying he's the number he one, he wasn't sure. <laughs> he's definitely going to. Thirdly, uh, article <laughs> coming out with David Noble said Luke McDonald might go back to a run with role, defensive run with role. That's a worry. Yes, but uh, look, in honesty, that so was there's before. three worries, and you've got him at number six. That was before that came out, though. That last any of those bits came out, so you can give a bit of leeway. Okay. But on the back of last year, like he was amazing, like and he was a top six defender last year, like in terms of averages, he was right up there. Uh, enough talk about someone anyway. that's not going to be a good defender. <laughs> Lastly, Alex Witherden was not best twenty two at Brisbane, and you've somehow slotted him in at number eight. How yep. can you make that? sense of that place. Because he is a fantasy jet. Like, even though on the few games that he did play, 
Uh, he was still one of the best defenders in the league last year. He's one of the most expensive, I think, in Fantasy Classic this year because he, when he plays, he scores really well. And I just think he's going to play. They wouldn't pick him up. They wouldn't pay the contract money. They wouldn't pay him out of his contract and convince him to move if he wasn't going to play. So risky to have him at number eight. Well, so many better other options. Yeah, Keller Mills, the rock of Sydney's defense, gun. <laughs> Sam Doherty, years of experience. Uh, Braden Maynard, Sam, your boy. Sam you Doherty didn't even have him in the ten, top 10. Sam Doherty could barely even muster up a 60 by the end of last year. So He's coming off his knee. He's going to be fine this year. So. All righty, 11 to 20. All right, I've gone 11, Caleb Daniel, then Jaden Short, Wayne Miller, Christian Salem, Nick Caulfield, Luke Ryan, Jordan Ridley, Brody Smith, Jack Scrimshaw and Liam Duggan. All right. So, I, I still can't believe you don't even have Luke McDonald in your top 20. He's what's, like my number one man who will not back it up. Tweet He's, us in, listeners. What's more crazy, me having him in the top six or Kay's yes. not having him in the top 20? No, that's sensible. That's <laughs> not sensible. Sensible. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I can't believe that. Um, Nick Haynes, he didn't make your best 20. I know he's 29. Yeah, uh, that's probably probably a little bit of a, a miss there, so I will admit that. And uh, you're, I think you think you're very hot. I, I rate Caulfield. I love him. He's my boy. I'm well, now that there's no button here. Patton, he's just going to get all that cheap running ball out that defense. Well, Hunter Clark might go back and get uh, a few still. So. Nick Caulfield is a very, very good player and the Saints did he was one of their best players I think in the uh, scratch Ooh, match too to off half back so mm, I'm big on him alright uh, I'll read through my next uh, so my from 11 to 20 so 11 Nick Haynes 12 Braden Maynard 13 Callum Mills 14 Caleb Daniel uh, 15 Zach Williams 16 Dan Houston 17 Christian Salem 18 Luke Ryan uh, 19 James Sicily and 20 Brody Smith now Zach Williams and Dan Houston seem very very low to me there yeah, they especially just, Dan Houston. You know, he's a poor boy. You got to so you stick together, man. At the, at the time, Williams, I always thought guaranteed midfield next year. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking when mm-hmm. we did this a month ago. And also, um, what was the other one? Dan Houston. Oh, Dan Houston. I think he's just peaked at what he's going to average. Like this is around the eighty mark, and I just don't he's think a he's very a good player. player. He's a very. I think very he's a good, good player, player, but I think the others above him can potentially just go higher and bigger. And the last one that blows my mind: you've got James Sicily in at number nineteen, and he will not play a game of football in twenty twenty one. Yeah, like I'm, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. But if you're starting I'm, up a new keeper league, you're not drafting the second bloke, someone who's not playing. But you're this only year. thinking about the, like, so you're thinking about this year. I'm thinking about just really long term where I'd rate these players more so where I'd take them in a draft. I know that's probably not what our listeners want, and it's it's not all the it's it just my my thinking flips like that all the time. Like, am I actually drafting for this year or where I take this draft or where do I rate? These players long term, it's and it's kind of like a combination. You're of drafting the two. him as your day two, and he's not going to play for the whole year. That's yeah. just that's. that's I, but yeah, am I actually am I doing cr- this? That's crazy. Hef. Am I just choosing my? It, just admit it's crazy, and we'll move on. It's definitely crazy if you think of it like that. But am I drafting for this year? Am I drafting for the next five? Maybe all of the above. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard play. It's really hard to play. But anyway, all right, that's our defend top twenty defenders talked about. Let's move on to the midfield. Kays, give us your top ten. Right, yeah, my top ten: Zach Merritt, Jack McRae, Clayton Oliver, Tom Mitchell, Lucky Neal, Matt Crouch, Taylor Adams, Tim Taranto, Jack Steele, and Lockie Hunter. Now, upon reflection, uh, mm-hmm. looking at yours and looking at mine, I kind of wish I went higher on Merritt. I actually had him at number one, and I thought, Hef, you're being silly. You can't put him ahead of the two sweet. you've got. No. And a little surprise maybe for our uh, combined rankings, who Ooh. comes in at number one, but we won't give away too much uh, just yet. Someone, that's um, the first time Hef's caved about any argument in his life. Oh, that's bullshit. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jack McRae, you've gone pretty high with you. got him at number Gun. two. Yes. Um, so that's ahead of Tom Mitchell and Lockie Neal, who are just like the two, especially Tom Mitchell was like the greatest. He's the pig. The only remaining pig, oh, isn't yeah. he? Oh, except for the right pig. Oh, and, no, no, Tom Rockliffe. Sorry, there's quite a few pigs. What am I saying? Um, but I think that's just like everyone's talking about the worry about the dog's midfield, that obviously doesn't phase you at all. 
He's averaged 104, 122, know, 115, and what's that, 108. And did you notice, did you notice, because I know you weren't, you were playing a lot of footy last year, running a lot of messages. He's my captain did in my <laughs> top set. I know he's going well. No, but did you notice that the shit periods he had, he was pushed out? Like, you know, because he had a pretty rough patch near the start. Mm. He was pushed out to the wing. And every time he kind of did get pushed out to the wing, he was quite bad at fantasy. Yeah, I'm not buying this, like, just because I've got Trelaw, who's not as good a player as McRae. That they're going to sacrifice McRae purely for some. Well, they did know, it last dozen. when they didn't have him. I've got some takes about that later okay. in the podcast, but no, he's a gun man. And you think Jack Steele backs up his twenty twenty? He's not going to go back into a defensive role. I think he's the number one midfielder at that team in that side. He's their co-captain now. They're not going to be like, "Hey, Jack, can you go tag fucking?" Yeah, but Jaron Jaron Geary's just been the captain. He tagged everyone in the. Well, that's his job. <laughs> nah, Jack Steele is the man. He's, well, he's the number one. He's the number before. one boy. Yeah, I, I, they've got Seb Ross. They can mate, play defensive. They've got a million other boring midfielders. I can play. You're, defensive. you're preaching to the choir here, mate. I own him. He's my captain for the next few years. But um, oh well, hopefully he is. Uh, but yeah, I just worry that because before you know, before this year, before he had such a great year, he was a bit of a liability in terms of he'd go tag one week or play super defensive. Luckily, they seem to have palmed it off to Seb Ross, which is great. But unluckily for me, I own him too. Uh, anyway, I'll go through uh, my top ten. So I went Tom Mitchell number one, then Lockie Neal at number two. Zach Merritt, three. Clayton Oliver, four. Number five was Jack McRae. Six was Matt Crouch. Seven was Taylor Adams. Uh, uh, eight was Adam Trelaw. Nine was uh, Tim Taranto. And ten was Jack Steele. So, I've got him in there as well. But I just thought I'd ask you that question. Um, the only ones, just minor ones. It is, um, what was he saying? What are we saying? What are we saying? Neil. You got Dylan. Uh, Neil. No. Uh, rough on McRae, I think. I just think he's... I worry about that midfield, but he's still at five. Yeah, that's fine. No, he should well, be number two. I, I did the draft doctor's mock draft, and mm. he went at the end of the first round, pick twelve. Draft, that, that the includes, draft doctors needed some doctors. Well, no, to that look includes rucks and backs being in there, obviously. Mm. But he was like, I was, I was messaging you when it was happening. Like yeah. he might not go first round here, Which and that would blows be a, my a big mind. take. Yeah, number two, Lockie Neal. Now he's twenty eight this year. Oh, come he's on. averaged a hundred, a hundred, a hundred and four, and yep, ninety eight last year, career best year, sure, but now. Keeper League listeners and Keeper League players out there. And I'm not saying he's not leagues. good, but he's not number two. Now, no, but this was a big kerfuffle in the uh, in the traders' first Keeper League draft that they did over the week, and I put it in my article on afl.com.au. Go check it out uh, this week. <laughs> Cha-ching! Hollywood <laughs> Um I forgot what he's been talking about now. Um, I put in my article that, uh, yeah, uh, so so many people got so wound up over Max Gone going at pick five. And I thought, initially thought, well, that's probably too late for Max Gone. But they were so wound up because he's going to be 30 this year mm. and they're picking him in the first round. Now, mm. if you're playing a keeper league, how, how good are you at protecting projecting things that happen in four years' time? Like, did you know this pandemic was going to happen four years ago? No. Like, who knows what's going to happen? So My point is Lockie Neal no, no, is I'm a not, solid not, no, player. No, no, I'm not talking yeah. about you okay. right now, Kate. I'm talking to these people, these Twitter trolls mm. right now. So, my point is that... Even though you're talking about Lockie Neal being a bit too old, he's going to be a good scorer for the next three years. Mm. So, it doesn't matter if he's 28. Is 100 average a good scorer? No. That's a borderline okay midfielder. Now, that's, a, that's an M4. He increased his points per minute last year. Mm. Right? So, he's actually one that could uh, – he probably won't go the 25% more, but I think he did increase by 0.4, which is quite good. Um So, yeah, like he's definitely the chance to go bigger than he has in previous years. So All I'm saying is I think – We've got a bit caught up in actually how good at football he is compared to how good at fantasy he is. Well, he was one of the best fantasy players. Yes, last year. Last year. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but, right, but consistent games, over the years. I, I do agree with that. But because he did increase his points per minute, that's what gives me confidence. Splitting hairs are number two, but I'm just saying he's on the wrong end of 25. And uh, just I think, yes, he's still a top five midfielder. Just uh, probably can push down a bit. 
All right, let's go on with your next uh, 10. So go from 11 to 20. Right, yeah, 11. Josh Kelly, then Patrick Cripps, Matty Rao, Dylan Shield, Marcus Bontempelli, Adam Trelaw, Sam Walsh, Christian Petrarca, Tim Kelly, and Stephen Canelio. All right, so the interesting for me, you've got Rao well ahead of Walsh. Yep. Now, Rao obviously is a superstar, mm-hmm. and I know you're using your team, yes. so you've got a fair bit of bias there. Yep. But have you seen Sam Walsh this preseason, how he's looking, talk to be there, about their number one mid? I know, he's probably, I know Rao's probably going to be Gold Coast number one mid coming up. But, um, yeah, I just think he's got more runs on the board. I think it's pretty bold. To, and then coming off the big injury that's kept him out for the year, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty bold to put him there. Uh, I'm a big believer. I just think that Sam, Sam Walsh is very good, very consistent, but I think that you're going to get – we're going to talk about pigs. You're going to talk about someone like Tom Mitchell replicating. I think that's going to be Matthew Rao. I don't think Sam Walsh is going to be oh, the I don't disagree. The I pig pig. Yeah. And that, they're splitting hairs because they're both going to be very, very good players. Oh, yeah, but you've just chucked Sam Walsh way, way, way down. Well, four way, places, way, four way places down. places below him. Um, I'm just, I just think if you, it looks a long way here because it's uh, on well over then, two okay, pages. So if you go head-to-head, I get one, you get one, who, and you get to pick first, who are you taking? Uh, probably for the rest Walsh. of your life. Oh, it's hard. Probably Walsh. Right now, right now. Whoa! But like next year, I'll probably be Rao. So it's a big year for Rao. You see yeah. how he bounces back from that injury. I can see myself taking Rao in twelve months' time for sure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? Um, now this was a big one, and yeah. you're not on the um the gold members group, so you're copping a bit of flack over this one. Bring it. And I think it might be a West Coast supporter that uh, is asking you, but mm. you've got Tim Kelly mm-hmm. inside your top twenty. And yep. you don't have Andrew Gaff inside your top 20. Correct. So, now, is this an age thing or do you actually think Tim Kelly is going to average more than Andrew Gaff? Um, it's an age thing. But there's also a bit. I think that Tim Kelly will improve on his first year moving to um, West Coast. I think he's going to be a lot better this year. What did he average? He averaged 97 at in his last year at uh, Geelong. And then kind of what did he average? Yeah, about the same. 92 what did he, what did he average the year, his first year at Geelong? 87. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just think Gaff's is, Look, is a you've got to make some big calls at some stage. Gaff uh, can be a captain option. Like, that's how good he is. And I know he's 29. Is that right? Uh, let me just double check. I'm Gaff pretty sure he's is, yeah, 29 this yeah, yeah. year. So, a couple years on him. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, like I said, I don't have a crystal ball. Gaff's so a gun, of I'll course. I like to just get scores in. I'm certainly going to score enough. two years. That, you know, like, that's a call I can probably back down on. But at the same time, there's probably a lot of people who have not really written Tim Kelly off, but don't necessarily. He's kind of, he's maybe is. Fantasy, um, you know, Halo has taken a bit of a hit, but I think he's going to have a very, very good year this year for, for the Eagles. Now, the other one, I, it's it's not a bad take, but I just thought I'd get your opinion on it. So, mm-hmm. Brad Crouch, like the last two full seasons he played, he's gone 103 and 107. It's fantastic. Um, he's going to St. Kilda where he's got a, probably a bit more help in the midfield as well. Mm. You don't have him in your top 20. No. Why? You know why? Why would I want a 27, 28-year-old who gets injured every second year? He does get injured a lot, but uh, if he plays, he's quite a good fantasy scorer. So I don't know. I just think uh, I just thought he was a good. Saying there's a lot of, I would rather have anyone mentioned in that my top twenty over him. All right, I'll read out my next ten. So eleven, Josh Kelly, twelve, Stephen Cornelio, thirteen, Sam Walsh, and fourteen, Matt Rouse. So I'm really can't. It's really close for those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen, Gaff, then sixteen, Hunter, uh, seventeen, Brad Crouch, eighteen, Marcus Bontempelli, nineteen is Mitch Duncan, and twenty, Jared Lyons. Not too much of an issue with them. I'm just going to pick apart your last two in Duncan and uh, Lions. Yep. Duncan's 29. Yep. You know, like, what else are you going to get out of him? Still a gun. Yeah, I know, but. Plays a good fantasy role. And Jared Lyons, 28, and he's only averaged over 100 once, and that was last year in his BCV year. Basically, like a poor man's uh, Lockie Neal. Yeah, a bit of a gut feel. 
pick on that one. But I, think, I love yeah, Jared Lyons yeah. more than anyone. But I, liked, uh, I just like the look of him. And, you know, playing, he was never going to be the number one midfielder. He's never going to get the most attention there. So he flies under the radar a little just bit. I think there's a couple others he could sneak in. Yeah, perhaps. Ahead of that. Yeah. Just on age, especially. Yeah. Like someone like Petrarca could easily make a case for him yeah. as well. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on to the Rucks. Mm. Rucks. Uh, pretty easy. Grundy. Max Gorn, Riley O'Brien, Rowan Marshall, Tim English, Braden Pruce, Jared Witts, Scott Lysett, and Todd Goldstein. All right. So, we need to update these because Pruce is yeah. G-A-W-N. We did this before Gorn. he was injured yep. and before Rowan Marshall was injured as well. Yeah. So, so, we can cr- put a big fat line through that one. Uh, would you still consider him in a keeper league though? Pruce? Yeah. Um, yes, but I think what we'll just- uh, I was going to touch on it later, but I can go now. I just think you've got to pick the best ruck- the point when you're drafting, for example. Now, if you're starting up a keeper league, I don't think you can take your first ruck being a guy who's not going to play most of the first season. Yeah, I agree. So, you wouldn't take so, him as number one ruck, but that's why he'll drop out of our top 10. Yes. So, if you're playing in a 10-man keeper league, mm-hmm. uh, you'd have the top 10 rucks. He'd be a, your second ruck pick. Yeah, he'd be ruck number 11. But for us, so yeah. he's now probably likely to go into a pool. Yeah. If you're a shit team down the bottom, all right, and you know you're not going to contend this year – how early could you go on him in intense? first round? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like he could actually, if you're ready, if you're happy to ride off this year, but that's in a league where there's everyone has a ruckman already. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that too. But so that, look, I think he's going to be very, very good. But my point is, it's kind of like what you're saying with all your, you've got to pick good players at some stage. Yeah. Or, you know. So, but when you're taking a ruckman, there's not like there's a great amount of good Ruckman around. So, yeah. at least get one and then worry about Proust later. I think it's probably – I don't know if this is a good tip or something I'm considering. I want to think about it a bit more before I fully condone it. But, yeah, if you are a struggling side and you are down the bottom and Proust is available because of this injury, probably wouldn't be the worst idea just to snap him up early so you've actually got a good fantasy score going forward. Because yeah. he's proven in the past, like when he gets the number one Ruck job, he is a amazing fantasy scorer. He's mm-hmm. a really good fantasy scorer. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just something you want to think about. I probably want to think about it before I condone it, but yeah, like I said. But uh, it's something to think about. All right, uh, let's have a look at mine. They're pretty bloody similar. Oh, wait, no, sorry. We've got a few more questions here. Um, oh, okay. So, we both got Goldstein, mm-hmm. um, even though he retires soon. You happy with that? It's the same thing. Like, he's yeah. going to be a great Ruckman this year. You may as well get him. And then if you get Goldstein and then you can double up, let's say you've got yeah. two picks close to each other, go Goldie for this year, back it up with bloody um, Bruce, and then you've got someone who's going to take over your side for years. People come into keeper leagues with these you know, grand desires of not taking any player over 24 years of age type thing. But sometimes you're just forced into taking these players because mm-hmm. these kind of odd players do slide a bit and then you can get them at really, really, really good value. So, yeah. like someone like Goldstein, take him, but then quickly try and grab a Draper or a, another up and coming Ruckman who, you know, might not, you know, who, who's got a long, lot longer future ahead. I yeah. think that's how you got to go into it. And the last question I've got is no mm-hmm. Nan Curvis for you. Uh, he is now that there's no Proust. So okay. he'll, sh- like, he'll sneak up there. Oh, big. When I um, refresh. Yeah. I just realized we've only got nine in here. Maybe he was number 10 for me. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter. But uh, no, I think the more I've researched Nank since we did the uh, the rankings, the more keen I am on him for this year and even next year. I just think that with uh, Soldo, he'll take a bit of time to get back from that knee injury. Um, so, I've got no issues highly recommending Nank Curvis and he would be my uh, ruck two in AFL Classic. All right. I've actually got my um- – Top 10 here because I only copied and pasted nine into the show doc. Uh, professionalism there, 101 people. Uh, these are my top 10. So, Brady Grundy, number one. Max Gone, two. Uh, three was Riley O'Brien. Four, Rowan Marshall. Five, Jared Witts. Six, Braden Pruce. Seven, Todd Goldstein. Tim English was at number eight. Nank is nine. And Oscar McInerney at 10. Hmm. Um, Goldie ahead of Tim English is very disrespectful I to the great Tim English. Tim English. I hate him. 
I just hate rude. him because you love him. <laughs> <laughs> and you've snuck Big O in there. He's, you reckon he's kind of beating out a, a Draper or, or even a Lysette, you know, for that yeah. next big Ruckman? Draper, like, Draper's going to be good. I have no doubts, but I think he's still going to be managed for the next year or so. I think they'll be rested still because he's coming off what, an ACL last year, played half the season. Coming um, for a few ACLs in his yeah, career. Yeah. I think there's still going to be times when if he shows the first sign of soreness, he'll be coming off and you'll be relying on your handcuff, which is likely to be Andrew Phillips. Yuck. Mm. All right. Yuck. So I just don't want that in my first few years. I want to be competitive in my next few years. And a ruck is a position where you can actually get a leg up um, in the first few years if you if you draft correctly there. But, you know, that's saying that if you're picking um, if you're picking uh, Draper, you've left it pretty late anyway mm. to pick your ruck. Um, but, yeah, that's the only reason. I think McInerney can go at what he did at the back end of last season, which was close to the 80 BCV mark. Um, I think he can do that at least. So if that's the 10th best ruckman and you're getting an 80 out of him, mm-hmm. I'd be pretty happy with that. Yep. Fair enough. All right. All right. We'll move on to the forwards. Uh, I'll start with my top 10. Number one, Josh Dunkley. Then Dustin Martin, still side bottom, Patrick Dangerfield, Isaac Heaney, Toby Green, Dane Zorko, Michael Walters, Jack Martin, and Ben Ainsworth. So, giving mine away, we're both in agreement on Dunkley. Yes. Yep. So, even though there's the midfield worries and he could get stuck at forward and he could be rubbish, we're still happy to take him first. His upside is bigger than anyone else on there. Yeah. And he's also got the best age profile for any other person. Plus, if he ends up playing all midfield, you're definitely going to keep him as a midfielder. Yeah, true. Because he's such a he's such a fantasy guru. Mm. If he, yeah, plays. Um, all right. So you've got still side bottom in mm. your top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, you've got him at three. I've got him in my top ten as well. But you've mm. got him at three, which mm-hmm. is pretty high. He's yeah. pretty much guaranteed to lose forward status. Saying, I think you take it, and because he's still so good, like his average is super high. And we both got Dangerfield pretty high as well, but he looks likely. He's, there's talk he's going back in the midfield this year, so yeah. he could lose it too. So, but again, this, we did this before that came out, so um, we probably have to adjust there. But I don't know if we do adjust it too much. Like Dangerfield is still such a gun. Another one that you, Dangerfield is the wrong side of thirty though. Yes, mm. well, side, side bottom's thirty two. 30, Dang- 30 as well, I should say, not 32. But, you know, okay. side bottom average 105, 103, 99, and 108 last year. So, like, he's not slowing down. Yeah, of course. Plus, Trelaw's gone. Oh, I'm not, I'm not yeah. I don't have any doubts over his fantasy scoring. Yeah. It's just that four status thing. Mm. But then, what's he, what does he do next year as a midfielder and the year after as a midfielder? I think you still keep concern. someone like him. Like, you're still, oh, keeping, absolutely. you're still keeping a Scott Pendlebury. But so does like, he go 100 plus as a 31 year old? Does he go 100 plus as a 32 year old? I think he, he's he's got that. He doesn't. He's that kind of player who could. Plays he's Dane Swanee, yeah. yeah. you know, just gets around. Yeah. Finds the peel. That's what. I, that's why I've got him in there still as well. Um, and you've got no Rosie or Butters in your top ten. Because I don't just, have any Port Bias. Because you hate Port Adelaide. I don't hate Port Adelaide. They are just still not proven. They're not top ten scorers yet. What have they done? Yeah, I know. But like the. That's why they're not in the top ten. You've got a few guys in there that might not keep forward status. That's my just only thinking. Butters and Rosie are also a chance to not keep forward status. Well, one of them I reckon will. That's why. And then I've got the one I reckon will, but even that's changed on that mail since then. I'll go through my top yes, 10. Yes, please. Um, Josh Dunkley, one, two, Dustin Martin, three, Patrick Dangerfield, four, Isaac Heaney, uh, Toby Green at five, Chad Wingard at six, Zach Butters at seven, Silver Bottom at eight, Dane Zorko at nine, and then Connor Rosie at ten. Um, I saw in my notes here, but I remember we had a big discussion about Chad Wingard. That was probably the longest discussion we had at the pub. So yeah. we might as well leave that for later on when we uh, come to an agreement on that number. Yeah. Look, you've got two 70 average midfielders slash forwards in that side in Rosie and Butters. Yeah. They're coming into the third year breakout. Sure, I get that. I know they're good, but are they going to keep their midfield status? And have they really done enough to prove that they are top 10 forwards? Well, this is, well, if you look at the forwards, fuck, there's some trash in there. Um, 
I think a lot of our listeners would agree that this is the in the, I've seen this in keeper league drafts that have happened and that I've been watching happen on Twitter and all that sort of stuff that these guys are going pretty early. So I don't think it's out of touch to say that they're kind of in the in the top ten forward range. Now there's a reason why I put Zach Butters way before Rosie or for three spots before Rosie, and that's because I believe well I did believe he was going to um, keep his forward status. Now mm-hmm. throughout the week there was a tweet that came through on Twitter that was um, retweeted by everyone who's worth their fantasy um, so uh, wait and salt. Um, is that the right saying? I don't even know. Um, I don't know. Surely you don't like being weight in salt isn't worth that's much. Weight and gold. Worth a pinch of salt. Weight and gold. That's it. Well, I don't know. Anyway, um, anyone who's worth it, uh, they've, they've retweeted it. And so some dude has played uh, cricket against Nathan Bassett on the weekend mm. and specifically asked him who's going to get the midfield role and he's gone Zach Butters. Now, if, if you're assistant coach, do you think it would be great to be giving away intel that could be spread around and – do you think it's true or rumour? Going by the trial, even though Rosie did kick six in the trial, um, watching uh, watching what I saw and then talking to Louis afterwards, Rosie was still very much in the midfield. Butters kind of was a bit quieter because he was playing up forward. Mm. So, yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I just know that like Port Adelaide do play a bit of uh, funny things like when they, what the information they give away. Now, what the hell has Nathan Bassett got to lose by giving away some kid he's playing cricket against? Yeah, why is he giving false information? I don't know. Like that sounds preposterous too. But I just don't think you'd believe everything that they're going to be saying this time of year as well. True. I think you'll learn a lot more on the weekend. I think so too. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Let's go on to the top 11 to 20. Uh, mine, I've got Zach Butters, 11, then Jai Caldwell, Kyle Langford, Jordan Degoe, Shai Bolton, Tom Phillips, Connor Rosie, Zach Bailey, and Jack Zebel. So, Jeremy Cameron doesn't make your top 20, uh, but Zebel does. Yeah, because Jack Zebel is actually a proven scorer who yeah, can run through the midfield. Old as shit. And, well, yeah, that's pretty Jeremy Cameron's no spring chicken. He's like 28. Yeah, but he's scored 90 plus. And Jack uh, Zebel's been a 100 plus kind of player. Yeah, no, but then there's a talk. And he's going to go half back and just rack up ball, and then he'll be a backman <sighs> next year. I don't know. Do you want that? Because forwards are so hard to come by. It's true, know. but like, yes, apart from the fact that Cameron won't lose forward status, I reckon I've got about 10 of our top 20 losing forward status next year. Zebel is a player I can just see really slowing down sometimes. No, he's so. just going to be the real. <laughs> Luke Hodge in his prime off halfback, directing traffic, I like racking up like, tons. No, absolutely not. No, I can I can see the future, and this is what it looks like. Then uh, Caldwell is just one I can't see keeping yeah, forward status, I, I did. and he's never been a huge average type, and he doesn't play the role that's uh, kind of. He's never had the opportunity to, so I think we're going to get a real good look at what he can do at the Bombers. He's just never been a fantasy scorer anywhere, like not even juniors, nothing. Because he's he so had, inside, he's but just. But he had a, the NBA flame emojis on the, in the trial game. Okay, yeah, sure. Thursday will be good to see. Playing against themselves. Thursday will be good to see. Uh, here's my 11 to, did I forget my top 20 as well? I've done 19 here, so I don't know. Who do you have at 20 Ks? I'll actually I've get this no out idea. Here. For some reason, I must have copied, I copied the thing out incorrectly. Um, here, I've got the forwards here. Okay, so your 20th will just give the, Oh no, I think I've just numbered them incorrectly. Anyway, I'll read out my top uh, from eleven to um, from eleven to twenty. Jeez, that took a while to get to. Uh, Jordan Degoe at eleven, Kyle Langford at twelve, Jeremy Cameron at thirteen, Shy Bolton at fourteen, Michael Walters at fifteen, Tom Phillips at sixteen, Jack Martin at seventeen, Ainsworth at eighteen, nineteen Zach Bailey and Jack Higgins at twenty. Mm. So. You got to have Jack. Martin and Ben Ainsworth higher purely well, because I think that they are or they're young, they're good, and they're going to be keepers. At, they're going to have forward status next year. Yeah, I'm pretty confident on that. Yeah, I know. Like, they're just guys I just don't 
like I just don't I just don't want to own them. Like I just don't want them in oh, my team. Benny Hainsworth is a gun. And I know I need to be less biased for our listeners here, but they're just yes. players that like I don't enjoy watching. Listen to Case because he has he doesn't put so much emotion into it like Hef. <laughs> I just think I I think I just watch too much footy and like just get too invested in shit that doesn't even matter. Like I don't know. Um, That's why you called Hollywood. <laughs> I'm just looking at I'm don't, don't even like that Jack Higgins at twenty there so. Um, you know, he's even doubting his own ranks, people. Come on. Well, I just see Coldwell and Stevenson in there that I'd probably like to have higher as well. So, yeah. no, I don't know. I just oh, The reason why I put Jack Higgins up there is because I'm just more certain he's going to keep forward status out of like a lot of, you know, the ones that are kind of below him as well. So, that's why um, that's why Coldwell and Stevenson slip and that's why I've got Nick Blakey next. But all right, we won't give away too many more rankings. But anything else that you want to say? No, nah, let's no. just get in our com- combined when we're ready. All right, before we get into the combined though, mm. so if you want our top 100 defenders, top 100 midfielders, top 50 rucks, and top 100 forwards, um, then perhaps consider becoming a member. That's if you want to support the podcast. Um, a lot of work goes into this each week. We do lots of writing and stuff. Yeah, we do stuff. I'm just going to say I'm going to co- I'm going to stuff. <laughs> I'm going to commit to uh, updating my ranks on the weekend for the first time in three years. You're going to adjust them after you've set them. Yeah. Wow, because you're usually just so adamant that you get it right the first time. Usually I do. <laughs> okay, but this time- Usually I do. What's happened this 2021 year? 2021 just- Has wedding planning different, gotten the way? Different you're vibe. A bit, you're no, a bit no, no, I was, I was pretty confident. There's just a few, just okay. a few, just okay. a few. I wonder where Luke McDonald's going to end up. 46, uh, I'm putting him <laughs> down further. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, if you enjoy the work we do, um, just please consider coming member. Everything we make goes back into the pod um, to build it and grow it bigger than it uh, currently is and make it better for your listeners as well. Um, if you do sign up, we'll give you some great fantasy resources. Uh, we've got the breakout tracker- all the drafty fantasy scores um, that gives you all the underage numbers so you can go into the draft knowing who the best fantasy scorers are playing their first year. And uh, we've also got uh, coming up uh, projections and uh, state league fantasy scores if state leagues run and they give us the stats. Surely. Um, we'll have those on our website as well. So we're hoping... Not 100% on state league fantasy scores, but we're hoping they come to fruition. Uh, each week, we read out uh, five gold members. Kays, can you take it away with this next one? Would be an honour. Uh, Daryl Woodford, Nick... Mildenhall, Maddie Randell, Trent Le Rosenoy. I'm going to go Le Rosignol. Is it an L or I? No, it's an L. Le Rosignol uh, yeah. and Cameron Fox. Sorry, Trent, if I really butchered your name. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah, we're gonna, oh yeah, 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 I'm not going to try to guess what orange name Daryl, Nick, Maddie, Trent and Cameron. You're all legends. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, yep, if you're, if you're keen to sign up, uh, head to the links below this podcast in the description and uh, all the links are there if you want to sign up. All right. Now, this is what people want to know. So, mm-hmm. our combined ranking. So, we sat at Brew Boys, fine establishment, local craft brewery, um, and came up with our top 20 backs, forwards, and uh, midfielders, and then our top 10 rucks as well. So, Kays, I'm going to let you read out our top. Just go, I reckon just go from 1 through to 20. Read okay. them out for us. Let's go. Yeah. All in one here. Yeah. So, number one, Jake Lloyd. Number two, Lockie Whitfield. Number three, Rory Laird. Number four, Jack Crisp. Number five, Tom Stewart. Number six, Zach Williams. Number seven, Jaden Short. Number eight, Dan Houston. Number nine, Braden Maynard. Number 10, Jordan Ridley. Number 11, Sam Doherty. Number 12, Callum Mills. Number 13, Caleb Daniel. Number 14, Christian Salem. Number 15, Luke Ryan. Number 16, Alex Witherden. Number 17, Nick Haynes. 18, Luke McDonald. 19, Nick Caulfield, and in 20th spot, Liam Duggan. You can breathe now, man. Uh, well it's read. a mouthful. <laughs> uh, so, I guess the talking point. So, I was obviously, we talked about this before, but I was more higher on Ridley than Kay's was. Yes. But, um, 
you know, I thought you'd let your Essendon get in biased, but you're obviously a very unbiased person. Correct. So great. Or you just yeah. the listeners unappreciate, or you don't understand care. one of the two. <laughs> um, and we had to fight to get McDonald even in there, and also Nick Haynes too. So no, I let you have McDonald in there. Just you were like, he's got to go at number three, and I was like, nah, no, come on, pump three. the brakes, man. I can see how you'd find six high, but I, I'm very sure he'll be a top, at least top ten, at least. I'm happy to happy to wager something like that. that. He won't be a top ten. If he gets his role, that's if he gets his role. Like, oh sure, no, there's ifs, buts, and maybe. Yeah, if he gets his role, like I, oh, I just can't see. It. Like, it's just you can't go under that sort of thing. So I think the only guy that we didn't really talk about um, before was Liam Duggan. So we've yeah. slotted him at number twenty. Now, somebody probably could lose uh, for, uh, defender status after this as well. It'd be interesting. I think if he does get that midfield role, they're talking about while Yo's out. Um, he could then, you know, he could go really big earlier on the season, uh, and then kind of drop back to his halfback ways uh, later on the year if they're if they're fully fit. But um, looks to have a good fantasy game, um, and yeah, one that could definitely improve. I reckon next year. All right, let's get on to the midfielders. So, number one, Zach Merritt. Two, Tom Mitchell. Three, Clayton Oliver. Four, Lockie Neal. Five, Jack McRae. Six, Matt Crouch. Seven, Taylor Adams. Eight, Tim Taranto. Nine, Adam Trelaw. 10, Jack Steele, 11, Josh Kelly, 12, Sam Walsh, 13, Matt Rowe, uh, 14, Lockie Hunter, 15, Stephen Canelio, 16, Marcus Bontempelli, 17, Brad Crouch, 18, Christy Petrarca, 19, Andrew Gaff, and 20, Patrick Cripps. Mm. Um, yeah, so I suppose from the, the thing... Uh, combining it, we were both very happy putting Zach Merritt at the top, don't you reckon? Yeah, like it seems high, but he's probably the youngest out of those. He's coming into it like he had a, had a bad year last year. Mm. Like it was just he was pushed outside a lot. I get the impression and I've heard little whispers that he didn't really like Wusher um, and didn't like the roles he was made to pay, play. And in a contract year, he's playing for it. So, he's, you know, wants to be playing for a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to bounce back this year and he'll be better for it, I think. Uh, we've got Walsh and Petrarca next to each other. We've ma- you've managed to twist my arm and put Walsh ahead of Rao, but um, look, I think that's neither here nor there. But probably you know an extra year in the system. From and some memory, that, good was, runs easy, on the that board. was an easy case to make. It was. It happy. was. Uh, Petrarca, I had to kind of argue that he should be in there. You were kind of like, no, nah, he's not quite top twenty material. But look, he and and I agree. I'm not never been the biggest Petrarca fan, but what we saw from him last year um, and that last season form, and especially with age, I think we had to sneak him into that top twenty. Oh, how the tables have turned. How the no, turns have no, tabled. No, 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 no. My – no, I'm not going into it. Uh, and lastly, Matt Crouch uh, – sorry, Matt – Brad Crouch, as I said, I'm a bit iffy having him, uh, you know, 27, check it injured, his injury history. Um, yeah. If he plays, though, he's good, so. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you do the rucks, case. Okay, pretty simple here. Brody Grundy at one, Max Gorn two, Riley O'Brien three, Ron Marshall four, Tim English five – Jared Witts, six. Toby Nankerber, seven. Todd Goldstein, eight. Oscar McInerney, nine. And Slam and Sammy Draper at 10. So we talked about Draper earlier that we're a bit worried about, you know, getting rest and stuff like that. But long term, we think he's going to be something special. So yep. we thought it'd be we thought it'd be wise to put him in the top 10. Um, then we've got Proust, who's, I guess, uh, misses out because of the injury. So yeah. um, he's not in there. No, he's not. He's not in there. Yeah, He'd so. be in the next bracket. And we've talked about that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. So, um, yeah. But then uh, with Nank, there's no soldo for one, maybe, you know, depends how the injury comes back mm. uh, a couple of years. Oh, probably only be one year. But, um, Proven in, uh, proven scorer. Yeah, exactly. In the past. Just, and he's yeah. still quite young. He's, he's like 26 he, or something like that. He's yeah. surprisingly young. You've just got to hope he keeps his body in check yeah. as well, which is the hard part. But anyway, uh, last 20, the last forwards, um, 
I'll read these ones out. Go take for a deep it. breath. All right. Number one, Josh Dunkley. Two, Dustin Martin. Three, Patrick Dangerfield. Four, Isaac Heaney. Five, Toby Green. Six, still side bottom. Seven, Jack Martin. Eight, Chad Wingard. Nine, Dane Zorko. Uh, uh, Ten, Zach Butters. Eleven, Jordan DeGoey. Twelve, Connor Rosie. Uh, Thirteen, Kyle Langford. Fourteen, Ben Ainsworth. Fifteen, Jai Caldwell. Sixteen, Tom Phillips. Seventeen, Jeremy Cameron. 18, Shy Bolton, uh, 19, Zach Bailey, and 20, Michael Sonny Walters. Yes. Now, I suppose we found the forwards the toughest because- I think everyone would though. Yeah. But like if you're really drafting in the future, looking at that list, I think I've got 10 out of 20 who I could see losing forward status next year pretty comfortably. Obviously, there's always going to be guys who get forward status, but you could go, you can make a case that easily half of them lose it. Um What's the other note? I'm going to go down. Uh, and the other one is that we might have a bit of feedback going, Dane Zorko is a legitimate gun and you've got him at number nine. Well, little disclaimer, Dane Zorko is 32 years old. Yeah. So, yes, he's, you know, still pretty uh, pretty zippy, still got a bit of go. Look, there's no, nothing saying that he wouldn't fall off a cliff quite quickly. In our full rankings, you – and, yeah, you're right. I had Rainer quite high and I have adjusted since. But looking at the weekend, he looked like he was spending more time. There's another trial, but there's not much info. You're not going to put him in the top 20. No, of course you're not. But I'm just saying that it looks like he's going to spend more time forward this year, which could dent his fantasy scoring. But the good thing is he'll keep forward status at least mm. for another year. So he might retire after that year. But um, no, Dane's walker is still going pretty good. He'll he's still fine. good. And yeah. he's going he's gonna to be one of those ones where you go, shit, you know, I've missed out on some of those good forwards for long term. And you'll be forced Bugger into it. taking him. Bugger it. I'll take yeah, it. And he's going to have a good year. It. Yeah. But and he's not a guy that he's not like still side bottom who's, you know, got two years um, more in his career to go. I've got him in uh, the Podcasters League and, mm. like, fuck, it looks good having him in there. My oh, team yeah. looks bloody oh, – yeah. my forward yeah, yeah. looks bloody awesome with him in it. So, yeah, yeah it's not the worst thing in the world to have him. Anyways, uh, before we go into the listener questions, we got a podcast review, Kay. I, th- you, I think you'll like this one a bit more than last week's one that said you needed to listen more. Good. And, I'm such a guru. But uh, that your definitely burner, wasn't your from my burner. Review. I, I want that person to identify themselves just to prove it. Um, anyway, this one's from FC. Now, this guy is a gold member. He is on our socials. He's an OG, he liked to call himself an OG member. Um, he was a bit, um, he only signed up, re-signed up the other week, but he was a bit disappointed in himself because he was OG, but that's fine. Um, he, as long as he came back, it's all good. Um, but he makes his own merch, like so, and he's put posters through um, like that he makes um, of himself and his fantasy trophies and, you know, his premiership trophies and stuff like that. And um, he's got an awesome beard too, but I'm sounding like I've got a real man crush here. And I kind of do. And the reason is on our gold members group, he put up his spreadsheet last week and it has full databases running in the background and he can kind of work out um, every team in his league who he's playing against, work out the best possible matchups going on history with a click of a button. It's the most amazing fantasy resource, I think, and this is purely for like his own team. Like It's not really relevant to any other person's mm-hmm. fantasies, but he's built this crazy thing and it's probably the reason why he's won all the premierships in his league or run so many and stuff like that, but it was the most amazing thing. He's put up this video screen capture in the gold members group, so I think that is worth joining up for alone just to see how this guy does his fantasy research and how he kind of picks his lineups each week. It's amazing. Is Dino White your Ben Keys? Yeah, pretty much yeah. of the gold members group. <laughs> oh, God, that's that's fighting words, actually. There's a few uh, that might uh, be a bit angry with that, but uh, no, look, I love it, all the gold members. Don't, just thank me. So his review <laughs> is titled Deep Dives, well-researched and delivered, a must-have resource for all Keeper League coaches. Thank you, kind sir. All right. So anyways, let's move on to the listener questions. Oh, 
Okay, Kays. First question of the night comes from David Greenwood. I'll read it out. Uh, where would you guys draft the likes of Warple, McCluggage, McGrath and Simpkin in a 30-man standard DT keeper draft that delists 10 at the end of each year? And there's a second part. And secondly, is there one of those that stands out as the better long-term pick in your opinions? Um, well, we didn't mention any of those four guys in our midfield ranks. So, yeah. uh, quite comfortably, I think they're that next level down. I think yeah. they're that 20 to 30 yeah. um, without looking at my rankings, but they're those guys that'd be That'd going be after next year yeah. um, because they're all pretty consistent, um, all had some good years. But out of those four, I think uh, Jimmy Wapple's the one I would want. Um, he's shown his best year to be better than any of those other guys. I just worry a bit about Hugh McCluggage just being stuck on that wing for the rest of his career. How many good midfielders have gone around him as well? Correct. And look, he's such a great wingman that it's not really a knock on him. It's just he plays a role so well. And that doesn't always mean that he can be as good a fantasy scorer as he could be. McGrath, very, very handy, but uh, still hasn't shown that high, high um, ceiling like we've seen from Warple. And Joe Simpkin, a bit more of a quality over quantity player, but still a very good player. So, uh, Warple is the one I'd be targeting, I think. I'm the same with Warple. Where I'd take them in a draft, though, this is what I was, I was having to think about this before. Um, I didn't write down in notes, but I have it up in the noggin here. Um, Basically, when I'm drafting, my kind of strategy is I go best captain option available first up. So they're not any of those. Then I like if if my first captain option basically isn't Jake Lloyd or Whitfield, um, then I'm drafting a defender after that. Now this year might be a little bit different. I might go forward first, might try to get a Dunkley or something like that if he's available after that, and then I'd go a defender. Then usually at the turn, once I got one of each, I like to go back to the midfield pool and have a look. This is basically a strategy I kind of follow in most of my drafts. Now now you know everything. Everyone who plays against me is going to beat me. Beat him. Well, I'm not playing startups anymore, so this is yeah. You know, I've got my four leagues, so it's fine. Um, yeah, so basically when I come back to the pool, around this time, I think I did a draft um, like a, just a, uh, a um, not a non-keeper league draft, but when I came, uh, standard single season draft, when I came back to my midfield, I still had players like Bond and Pelly and Lyons available there. So I'm probably still going to take those kind of midfield midfielders over mm-hmm. those two. So that's four round, That's five rounds gone. Um, and then I generally like to dip back into the defender and forward pool because I think they'll probably go further. Now, this is the time that they're probably going to go. So I'd say from five to seven would be – a where I would go with them. But I probably wouldn't end up getting a player like these because I just think there's too much young young player hype about them. You know what I mean? Um, whereas I'd, I'd rather shore up a positional player and then just, if I need to, just top up on kind of older midfielders later on to fill those spots. You could That's easily just- get a... McGrath or a Simpkin in round 10. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but like someone like Warpole, I reckon, would go pretty early. Simpkin would probably go pretty a bit earlier than 10 after this one. But yeah, I think McCluggage and McGrath might go a little bit later. I don't think 10, but close, like seven, eight, nine around there. Um, I think that's probably where those players are going to go. Um, and around that time, I'm probably not looking for them there. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Let's go on to the next question. Uh, at jtaranto288, uh, relation? I don't know. Um, uh, who to keep out of Hawley, Hearn, Vlostone, Blitzarves and Rivers? Can I only pick one? Uh, well, I think if you're flag hunting, you probably have to keep Hawley. I know there's a bit of an injury cloud over him at the moment, but uh, – if not, if you're not in contention, I think you've got to keep Rivers. Uh, Blitzarves, highly likely to go back and play key defensive post and Hearn and Hooley both basically in their last years of footy and I think there's a lot to like about Trent Rivers. So if you're not going for the flag this year, um, yeah, take Rivers' stock for the rest of your life. Um, I agree unless you have like a severe punishment for finishing bottom of the ladder and you need to not finish bottom of the ladder, then maybe think about keeping Hooley as well. Um, yeah, if, that's if you're bottoming out. But then I think Rivers is, yeah, the next big thing as well. 
All right. Uh, another question. I'm going to ask you this one, Kay, because I haven't really had time to think about it. So at Watchworm 8, uh, can we have some airtime on guys that are going to regress on their 2020 performances, uh, potentially guys you see uh, coming back to the pod or buyer beware, guys? Luke McDonald, come on down. There is no way. There is he's no regressing. way. There's no way he's going to be B2P. Uh, he's going to average less than he did last year. Like, yes. Yeah, so, so he'll average like, what, 90 then? Can we have some airtime <laughs> on guys that are going to regress? Yeah. He will regress. All right. So anyone who goes one point backwards. So no, I think I think Max Gorn is going to go back by two points uh, this year. We're going to go you're there. Peanut. Luke McDonald's not going to have a great year. Anyway, next. I also think uh, Hugh Greenwood. I think. Um, Purely because my thinking is they're going to want to try and get like Anderson and um, Raul in there and they've got Swallow, they've got all these other good young midfielders in there. Yes, Hugh, McLug- uh, Hugh Greenwood sorry, is a really good extractor in that centre square, but he's also a guy who can go forward and be quite dangerous up forward. So I think he might potentially get his forward status back. Um, so I think he might regress a bit. Sean Higgins, um, he's going to play a bit more of a forward role at Geelong, so I think he is going to regress. Mark Murphy's like 32, 33, and there was some article that um, the Carlton Ford line coach was coming out and saying, yeah, Mark's going to spend a lot more time up forward this year, so buy beware there. And I think you've got to talk about the Western Bulldogs guys, and I think most likely is Bontempelli and Dunkley. Uh, purely because they're the two guys who can actually play forward, whereas your McRae's, your Trelaws, uh, Liberatore, all those guys, they're not, they don't really have any other strings to their bow. So I think you might see a bit of a slight decline in a, a Bonson Pelly and a Dunkley this year. I'm just having a look through some of the, the top players here, and I'm just having a look at players I think I can see uh, regressing. I think Tom Rockley is one I can see regressing because I just don't, you know, when you look at his BTP average um mm. i just don't think seem playing any more minutes yep. on top of that so i just think he will probably score quite similar but it won't be like it won't be adjusted to mm-hmm. you know it might be that one that 25 percent more 20 percent more mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah um so he was one i think jed anderson is a risk of going backwards as well now i'm keeping jed anderson i really like jed anderson um but i think with cunnington coming back in there's going to be a bit of competition there for who kind of takes that midfield time um well not midfield time but who wins that ball more so than anything mm. um i can potentially see um josh kennedy from sydney coming back a bit as well just due to the age factor too and one guy i think could potentially just kind of almost fall off a cliff. And I'll probably eat my words at the end of the end of the season. But a guy who's kind of more keeperly relevant than anything, it's uh, Ed Kerno. I reckon Ooh. could drop back quite a bit. I think they might just start running a few more younger players through that midfield. And he's the heart and soul. He was like third best in Ferris yeah, last year. Yeah, I know. But I just well, – how old is he now? Like, he feels, Yeah, it feels like he's old. I don't know. If he's not old, I'm going to look this up. I could be wrong. I just I had it in my head. He's, yeah, 31. So I can just see him coming back with maybe playing a few different roles or going forward, which he's yeah. done in the past. Yeah. Um, so just that natural age regression. Yeah, exactly. these guys. Nothing, yeah. nothing major, just what you'd mm. expect, really. Mm. Uh, Ninja Spoon asks uh, Sam Draper or Nank? I think this is a pretty easy one. If it depends on your, well, it depends on your circumstances. Nank, if you're pushing for a flag. Draper, if you're uh, if you're going for the future, big time. I think this year and next year, Nank's going to be a very very good scorer. Uh, Long term, a bit of a t- coin toss. But what I do like about Nank is he's proven. So um, you can take a risk on Draper, but if you gave me the choice today, I'd be taking Nank. All right, next question. Yeah, at F Harding eighty eight, was Charlie Kerno a good pick at round twenty three in a twelve team startup, or is he done? This is going to be controversial call. Mm. I wouldn't touch him with my last pick. Mm. Injury prone, key forward. Just I wouldn't bother. Like I'm not saying he's not yeah. worthy of going earlier, but for me personally, just not someone I'd I even feel, bother with. Yeah, I feel so sad because I love Charlie Kerno so much, but uh, unfortunately his knee is troubling him a lot. I don't know if he's going to play again this year. There's like 
you know, there's a lot of chat about what's going on there. So, and even if he does get the body right, look, I just cannot see him being at a round twenty three. He's like just off you. He's off, he's not even on your bench. Yeah, so it's like, fine. It's fine. But like, it's fine. yeah, it's fine because you're holding on to hope. Yeah. But I think I think personally, I think it's a little bit wasted. Unlikely. It's unlikely you're going to keep him there next year. Well, it depends so, on anything. Yeah, keep like yeah. we like. I'm I'm in a league right now. We're in a trade period that only have to, we only have to drop three players total. Mm. So you could get away with that. But mm. yeah, in that league, I have only f- three forwards left after all the position changes. I've got a couple others, but they're probably not best 22. So um, I'm trading hard to get a few at the moment. Mm. <laughs> I'm wondering if I think a lot of listeners are in a similar position, position anyway. Uh, next question. Uh, Josh Donhart. How do you guys see Harry Hummelberg going? Will it be better or worse without Cameron? Uh, there may be some pinch hitting in the ruck with Bruce down injured as well. Uh, I haven't really thought about this one, Kays. Uh, Himmelberg, I think – I just don't – I don't think Himmelberg even depends on Cameron, to be honest. I think no. more so – it's more about their game plan and how the midfield actually works. So, they're one of the worst inside 50 sides um, for the midfield they have especially. So, if they fix that, I reckon he should improve his scoring. But I just don't know if they do. I don't know what – Leon Cameron does with that side. It's like the you know the old keys to the Ferrari doesn't know how to drive it type thing. Oh well, look, they've still got Finlayson and Riccardi, who was very very good late last year. Plus they've got I Hogan that could come in and pinch. And hit they got the na- they're yeah. more natural scorers. And and Himmelberg is just like a sixty average. Yeah. And really looking at his, I look back at his hit out numbers last year. They haven't been massive. So uh, when I say improve, I don't mean like become a fantasy relevant player. I just think maybe put five points a game on yeah. ten points a game. Like, He's a sixty average. Yeah. Forward. You know, that's, that's what sort of it is. Yeah. Uh, Eight-year plan. Thoughts on at Wilson Chris D drafting Tommy McLean at pick 11? That's a joke, right? <laughs> Obviously, like, he'd set that to auto pick or something. He's missed the first round. I think Doss. Yeah, was it Tommy McLean he picked with pick one last year in our uh, redraft? No, it was someone worse than that. Yeah, it was someone awful, but that was just the f- highest ranked average there mm. and he was on auto, auto pick. Uh, at Ninja Spoon again, thoughts on Trent Bianco. Is he getting a game, Hef? Um, I think he'll get a run eventually. I think we will see him this mm. uh, this year. But you just think like Chris Maynard, Howe, Quainer, probably Noble. Like mm. Noble is ahead right now. Mm. But th- like I could definitely see the last two, him somehow getting ahead of them, you know, at some stage if they don't play. But like if any of them under- them do underperform, I reckon he might get a run. But it's, it's a pretty strong running defender side. There's also a chance that he kind of picks up a Stevenson or a um, Tom Phillips kind of wing as well, you know, like just to run through there or some of these guys move up, you know, man, I could play wing. So not out of the question, but um, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily sold until I see a bit more footage of him this preseason, I think. Um, at fourth year breakout, uh, what is Jai Simpkins' ceiling this season? Oh, sorry, wrong question. Uh, fourth year breakout asked, does Max Gorn project to be elite as long as Goldstein is at the same age? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah, I think so. Too. Yeah. Uh, you know, he is just proven. Like, Goldie's had a few good years and he's slowly declining. Yeah. Um, whereas Max Gorn hasn't really, really even started to show any sign of yeah. decline. He's, like, Goldstein, like, it was two halves last season. So, the first half, he was still killing it and braining it. A lot of people, I mean, they're classic Ruckman for ages. So, yeah. Um, uh, this one. At needs an FUIC. What is Jai Simpkins' ceiling this season? Oh, it's really hard to tell. I think it could be like literally be anywhere between 90 and like 105. Mm-hmm. Um, having Cunnington and LDU like back in there for the entire year, it either heaps like for say they should be there for the whole year next um, next season. It should either take the heat off or it could take more of the pill away from him. I don't know. And I think when we saw LDU come back, he did kind of struggle a little bit more. But I think he'll develop naturally and he'll – Turn into like a, a more accomplished midfielder this season. I think he's their best player, like skill wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, unless he goes forward with those midfielders coming back, he'll average eighty. But I don't see that happening at all. I think North mm. want to develop in the midfield for mm. sure. 
Um, at Ashley Simo, uh, of this year's draftees, which forward is likely to stay a forward would you take for the highest ceiling? Well, I'm pretty confident that Braden Campbell yeah, is likely to be say. the best scorer and he's a forward, but all the talk is he's going to play in the back line for Sydney, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. If he loses forward status and gets back status, great. He'll still be a DPP next year. But I think if you're talking about guys who are going to keep forward status for next year, I think Archie Perkins is the one. Um, the Bombers said he's been very impressive so far at at uh, their preseason, so I think he'll play, especially earlier on in the year or even just throughout the year. Um, and he's going to have to play forward because they've got enough guys that can run through that midfield. So I think Perkins is one. Uh, Finlay McRae is the other. Uh, Cal Toomey, I think, uh, said that he was going one of the guys that he's picking to play early. So he'll be another guy who slides up forward. Um, you know, takes someone's kind of forward pocket spot for a bit. And he's obviously got the McRae name, so we'll see what happens there. But a couple of the guys that might be on people's lips. Um, Jamara Hagen and uh, Elijah Hollands, both forwards, but I'm happy to pass on them. I don't necessarily think uh, Jamara will be good for a couple of years, especially fantasy-wise, especially while he builds up his body a bit. And uh, I think Hollands there will give him a bit of time to get into the, the swing of things after an ACL last year. But I think Hollands you can make a legit case long-term for. Like long-term. I know he's kind of a more quality over quantity type, but I think he'll kind of end up... Oh, this My is- question, I don't... I can't see him playing a heap of football this year. No, not at all, but we're playing yeah. keeper leagues. Yeah, it's true, but would you not rather Archie Perkins, who might average 60 this year and still be a forward next year? Um, but that, that's what you're tossing up between because, but they're close. yes, you can draft. Yeah. And it depends how many you're keeping. Like, if you pick up Hollands and he doesn't play at all, are you going to hold him next year? Like, that's a strong that's a well, you, question. Well, you're, you're assuming that everyone's like us where we dropped, only keep 16. Like, there yeah. is a lot of leagues out there that stash these players long term. Mm. So... Um, I don't mind Hollands. I think you're a bit harsh on Hollands there. I'm just. I'm not saying. I'm not thinking he's going to be good. I'm just saying I don't think he'll play much this year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. But long term would be good, right? Uh yes. Okay. At Trav 014, Elliot Tui or Hall? I said none. Oh, look, he's obviously got to keep one of them, I guess. Pugs, um, I'll give you someone for free or for a draft pick if this yeah. is what you pick in between. Obviously, a question coming from one of our <laughs> league mates. Um, I'd I'd keep Elliot if you had to, because at least he's best twenty two. Like you, the other two are probably borderline, um, but yeah, that's pretty grim right there. Very grim. Yeah, come talk to me, pugs. We'll work something out. And last question, Kays. Yes, uh, David Cass. Who has the more upshot in the long run, Bailey Smith or Connor Rosie? I need to boost my mids this year, and I'm looking to trade out Rosie. Yeah, I like Bailey Smith in the long run for mine because I just think the jury is still out on Rosie as a midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Bailey Smith might have to wait a few years to kind of develop into a super primo just because of the midfield depth. But I think one of the f- once there's a few of those kind of midfielders they got in there get a bit more, I guess, long in the tooth. Um, I reckon he will be the kind of next wave, and he will be a gun of the future. I think. Plus, mm. that mullet is gorgeous. Oh, but what he did in his first year of footy, or even last year's, and he, and you love his junior scores. His junior scores were amazing. Him. I just love him in general. Yeah. So like, I, I'm have you a seen big, his Instagram. I'm a big Bailey Smith man. No. Oh God, that rig. It's amazing. <laughs> wow, you think I've got problems. <laughs> Anyways, that uh, wraps it up. Okay, so, so what are we going to talk about next week, Hef? Good question. Um, we could look at some draft results mm. from our uh, Podcasters League draft and yeah. see who went there. There were some interesting, interesting picks in there. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how much research went into that draft, but uh, look. I uh, nailed it, by the way. I didn't know. Oh, I spent an hour having a beer having a look at who was in the pool and that was about it but I still think I drafted pretty well so and we can read out our teams in that one too so people might mm-hmm. be interested to see we yeah. might actually put it to a vote as to who's got the best team as well me um, that. my forward line is going to smoke yours and I've got all the forwards I kept them all 
So I've got trade value as well. I've but got anyway. Jack Zabel. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's <laughs> probably your F1 too. Probably. Yeah, it's close. Um, not great for a, uh, someone who's trying to defend their premiership after fluking. How many flags have you got in this league? <laughs> Zippity doodah. How many you got in the home you league? you got to come for the big dog. you got to come for the big dog. Anyway, uh, get around us on our social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Keeper League Pod. Check out our website, keeperleaguepod.com.au. And, uh, yeah, if you're keen for a... Sign up for a membership. Check out the links in the bottom. All right, let's wrap this up because this has gone on for ages, Kay. This has gone longer than the team analysis pods. So. No, it hasn't. It has. I think we're at, in the recording. It's up to like 86 minutes. Well, you can just cut it off instead of talking about it. That's true. Let's just cut it off now. Good night, guys. Bye.